Dissonance Media and the Other Stories presents Step into the abyss of After the Gloaming, a gothic fiction podcast that delves into the depths of human emotion, unyielding love, revenge, internal struggles, and restless souls await you in nine haunting episodes where dread, fear, and rare glimpses of eerie happiness linger. Dare to listen on your favourite podcatcher? After the gloaming beckons, search now, but beware, innocence will be left behind. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. These aren't the stories your mother told you. No, these are the other stories. <laughs> it's the last day of 2019 and we have four incredible new patrons check out these lovely bunch of daniel johnson's kevin powers nicole parks zachary myers and christopher nelson have you ever seen four more handsome and incredible people in your life I don't think so. All four of these people, along with all of our amazing patrons, help keep this show not only running, but growing. And as it's 2019 tomorrow, the plan is, by 2020, to stitch all of our patrons together to create a multi-faced, high-minded ultra-beast to help conquer the world. So if you'd like to join us on our mission, head over to patreon.com forward slash hawk and cleaver. There you'll get access to bonus content, early episodes, and you too can help us dominate the planet. Here's to a fantastic 2019. Let's do this. Today's story is A Dish Best Served Cold, written by Daniel Wilcox and narrated by Josh Curran. Even the winds now protested his every step, shouting and cursing as he entered the forbidden zones, the places where no true mortal had ever dared tread. An area of the world now so shrouded in mystery and secret that every sign around him made him know that he was making progress. After all these years of searching, hunting, tracking, finally, Barker knew 
that soon he would find him. The journey had been a long one, indeed, so long now that it had been years since Barker's face had been clean-shaven. Now his beard hung around his chest in drabs of grey and copper wires. The bags beneath his eyes so prominent that he permanently looked like he'd been crying. Perhaps, maybe on some level, he always had. Ever since that day he had first seen him. The day of their first encounter was now so etched in Barker's mind that it felt like the only true memory he had ever had. His first and last true moment of living, carved into his brain like a cave painting of pain, of wonder, of magic, of hate. Barker had been no more than eight years old at the time, excited for Christmas and wide awake in his bed, the nightly duties of shouting up the chimney and laying food for Santa and the reindeers complete. He gripped his duvet excitedly, cursing himself for not being able to sleep as his alarm clock turned from 11.59 to 12, sweat dripping from his head, panic setting in. As the numbers changed, he held his breath, squeezing his eyes shut, begging, praying for sleep to come. Yet he realised, as he heard the thudding downstairs and the treading of heavy boots, that there would never be a way to close his ears and pretend he wasn't hearing what he was hearing. With the curiosity that only an eight-year-old would harbour, Barker had ignored all of his best instincts and snuck downstairs. With a silent step that should have been envied by the jolly old big man, he took a seat on the stairs, peeped through the banister and... No, Barker grumbled. The first words he'd said out loud in... How long now? He had no true idea. Snow now stabbed at the only piece of flesh that remained exposed on his body pricking his cheeks with painful needles. A whine came from beside him, and it took Barker a moment to realise where the noise was coming from. I know, Copes. I know. The wolf looked up at Barker with wide eyes. His mottled fur, a reflection of Barker's beard, only now weighed down and covered in snow. Kobe sniffed the ground and pulled on ahead the lead growing tense and then slack as the wolf pulled Barker ever onwards. All food and water supplies now running so dangerously low that Barker chose to ignore the thought of the return journey and instead focused ahead at the sheet of white, the great curtain of frost and snow, knowing that it couldn't be much further now. It just couldn't. Come on now, son, you know it's naughty to tell lies. Barker's father had been a picture the following morning, a face of confusion and disbelief. Have you heard this, Beth? 
I think someone's been staying up too late on those video games, huh? Eaten a few too many chocolates before Christmas? Listened to too many songs? Barker remembered his mother's face as she had turned with a smile towards her dressing table mirror. Could see her reflection as her mask slipped and the fear set in. A slight downcast on the eyes, her thumb instinctively drawn to the lips which had kissed his. Barker hadn't thought about what else might have happened after he had ran back upstairs that night. But as his mind had matured, he reached the same conclusions as his father in that moment, whose eyes scanned the room and found the tiny corner of silver wrapping. The bunched-up panties which had missed the washing basket in her haste to return silently to the bedroom. Barker heard them so clearly. The two words which had split his world and his parents apart. A confirmation wrapped in fair isle patterns and finished with ribbon. A present his father had never wanted to receive. I'm sorry. Kobe barked. Barker cast his eyes down and saw the wolf's body tense, his nose pointing dead ahead. Barker rubbed a gloved finger against the lens of his goggles and squinted to where Kobe was pointing. There was a shape. That much was clear. A great looming blackness, a small way off that now looked like a truck approaching through fog. The shape didn't move, but the sight of it was enough to propel Barker forward. His heart now thumping at double speed as the adrenaline kicked in. The final realization that, after all these years, it would be over. One way or another, the whole damn affair would come to an end. Barker's mother wasn't around anymore. The woman had died an early death just a few years after the incident in the living room. By that point, Barker had become nothing more than a stranger to her, a tattletale who had wrecked his parents' marriage and sent them their separate ways. Over the years, he watched her decline as she discovered new friends, spent time with them nightly, not giving a shit that booze, liquor, and drugs would eventually create the ultimate separation between the very family that deep down she was craving to have back. And Barker's father? Well, that man was the closest thing in the world that Barker had had to a role model. A man who, despite all the odds and trepidations, managed to raise an eight-year-old son and hold down a full-time job whilst making it so that Barker never wanted for nothing. With the arrival of every Christmas, Barker would struggle to write a list, would actually protest the very notion of it, knowing that, as long as he had his father, there would be no need for another to come down the chimney. And over the years, Santa obliged. Barker blinked away a tear, at the many memories which now flashed through his mind. The highlight reel ending with the coffin disappearing through the curtain, 
and the howling of his father's siblings and friends as they waved their final goodbyes, not more than a month ago. Perhaps Barker could have left it at that. Perhaps that could have been the end of it all. Peace out. Sayonara. See you later, alligator. But in the final package his father had gifted him in his will, the letter, written in shaking cursive, detailed it all so perfectly, set Barker on the mission, held him with chains of guilt which constricted his throat until the deed was done. Barker laughed. A log cabin. That's all that it was. Appearing out of the snow fog like the cover of a Christmas card. What do you think, Cobes? Is it time? Barker fished into his pocket and pulled out the blade which had accompanied the letter. The same one his father had used over the years. Gifted from his father and his father before him. He let out a slow breath, furrowed his brow, and set onwards. The last time Barker had seen his mother had been nearly twenty years ago. Just a week before her death, he had visited her on one of his usual fortnightly obligations. The woman had looked wretched. She'd hardly been able to open the door. Great rifts of smoke and dust and who knew what the fuck else flew out to greet him. And there she stood. A withered version of the woman who had raised him, had comforted him, had encouraged Barker to pursue sports and art and literature and games and friends and just generally living life to the full. Now looking like a haggard witch, as though someone had taken his mother and left her in a fruit dehydrator. She wouldn't have looked out of place in a forest, all stretched skin over bare bones, cheeks so sunken that she practically chewed on them as she husked a hello, a trail of saliva dribbling to the floor. As Barker had sat in the living room, trying his best not to make eye contact, he couldn't help thinking about how much he hated this woman, how this creature, this shell of a person, had taken the sprightly form of his mother, swallowed her up, and kept her caged inside. He had to try his hardest not to cry, as he accepted a glass of water that he would never drink, and stared at a plate of cookies, despising the fact that he'd never trust a morsel of food that she presented to him, preferring to starve rather than accept anything tainted by this woman. You grow every time I see you. Yep. How's school? It's fine. And your father? Fantastic. By the time the car horn blared to signal his father's arrival, Barker was already up and on his feet, sweeping towards the door. As he looked back from the car window and saw the creature standing on the step and waving a stick-like hand goodbye, somehow Barker knew that that was the end. Felt it deep inside in a way that he had never understood. Sure enough, just a week later, she was gone. 
and somehow Barker knew that that was better for her, for his father, for him. When Barker reached the cabin's doorstep, he paused, finding his fist automatically raised as if to knock for entry. He shook his head, wrapped gloved fingers around the handle, and shoved, finding no resistance whatsoever, the door swinging open to swallow him in the warmth of the cabin's innards. There was a fire dying in the corner, crackling loudly as the embers worked to their end. They were in a vast living room, complete with wall decorations of the great jolly fellow and his missus, tinsel and candy cane stripes decorating various vases and photo frames. In the air was the smell of mince pies and warm scotch. Barker lowered his hood and unmasked his mouth, reveling in the warmth of the cabin for a moment. Kobe sniffed the ground by his side, the lead now dropped to the floor as he explored the cabin, hunting for any sign of life within. The cabin was deathly silent. There was no upstairs, no other rooms beside a small kitchen, a bathroom, and a tiny bedroom, each one empty. Barker and Kobe searched every nook and cranny for any sign of movement and found none. Barker felt his anger grow within. The same anger he had felt as he watched the slideshow presentation of his mother's life at her funeral, remembering the times when she had been rosy-cheeked and full of life. The anger at the old man for ruining it all, fucking up everything. Barker found a vial of scotch on the side dresser and helped himself, falling into the plush arms of the sofa as snow melted and dampened the material beneath. Well, Kobe, he's got us beat this time, but we'll find him soon. We'll certainly find him soon. Barker ran his fingers through the wolf's thick fur, noting only as he lowered his glass the piece of paper hanging out of Kobe's mouth. What's this? Barker unfolded the paper. A yellowing piece of parchment with a candy cane border and holly in the corners. A thick fountain pen scrawl in the middle. As he read the words, he felt his body shake, felt the roar coming from somewhere deep within. You think your mother was the first beautiful woman I failed to resist making love to beneath the Christmas tree? <laughs> Even Santa needs a Christmas present every now and then. Better luck next time. P.S. Remember, I see you when you're sleeping. I know when you're awake. 
hope you enjoyed this episode of The Other Stories. The Dish Best Served Cold was written by Daniel Wilcox, narrated by Josh Curran, edited by Carl Hughes, and music by The Bell Mechanical, and Chris Brisky and Tom Robson. We have four incredible new patrons. Check out these lovely bunch of Daniel Johnsons, Kevin Powers, Nicole Park, Zachary Myers, and Christopher Nelson. Four more handsome and incredible people than you will ever meet in your life. All four of these people, along with all of our amazing patrons, help us to not only keep the show running, but growing and growing. And as it's 2019, the plan is, by 2020, to stitch all of our patrons together to create a multi-faced, hive-minded ultra-beast to help conquer the world. So if you'd like to join us on our mission, head over to patreon.com forward slash hawk and cleaver and there you'll be able to play from as little as a dollar a month and you'll get access to bonus content early episodes and you too can help us take over the planet here's to a fantastic 2019 let's do this Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.